welcome to Not So Peter Priestley Podcast, the podcast where a gay veteran and his emotional support Canadian scream into the void about the Mormon Church. If you want to reach us, we are on Instagram at Not So Peter Priesthood. And you can email us at Not So Peter Priesthood at gmail.com. Thanks for joining us. Enjoy! by your dog because she had the audacity to move. I, I'm sorry, there's a sticker stuck to his paw. 12 pounds of fury! Ha! <laughs> <laughs> so so touch me. <laughs> Anyways, hi, how's it going? Hi, good, how are you? <laughs> well, you know, yeah. surviving. I'm just a little hungover, but it's fine. Everything's yeah. fine. Yeah. Everybody, <laughs> check on your Canadian friends in this heat. We are not okay. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, you're thawing out and it's not a good thing. No, it's not. Who pays you for this? Like, <laughs> we went to the splash park yesterday and it was so hot. Oh. So hot. I couldn't, I couldn't. Oh. Yeah. Even in the shade, it was too hot. That's when you know it's hot. <laughs> oh. I've been like, and I love the sun, but like, I'm just, lately I'm like, no, mm-mm. No. Too hot. There's a difference between like, mm, this is a lovely, nice, sunny day, and yeah. Satan's asshole. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I took my dog out, and he's uh, all black, and he, um, so I took him out, everything was fine, and then on the way back in, he just like stopped and laid down in the grass, and he's like, here I stay forever. Like, I'm <laughs> finished now. I know, yeah. Off our back deck, we have like, um, like a rug on our back deck and the dogs run on that but they made the mistake of coming around the other side which is just wood and they were like their paws they couldn't stand i was like yeah i know it's hot come to the normal door yeah <laughs> <laughs> they're like mom mom i'm like yeah i know yeah. <laughs> that's why you have I, a rug <laughs> satan's asshole out here i don't I don't i can't why is it so hot <laughs> Oh, you know, but climate change isn't real. It's fine. No, it's... of course not. No. Yeah. <laughs> no. Ugh. All right. So I have, before we get into what we're getting into, and really I'm just trying to avoid the subject altogether, but. <laughs> As always. <laughs> um, I have a little bit of like a corrections corner from a listener from oh, our episode on Desnet. So, oh, yes, okay. yes. I, anytime anybody wants, like, we've had a few emails that we've like yeah. chatted with people. If we make a mistake, please let us know. Like, yeah. we're, we're not professionals, we don't have like hours and hours of research. Like, yeah. this isn't this isn't a paid gig that we just do this. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. people think uh, you make money from for... podcasts, but you don't. <laughs> no, no, uh, this was. A correction, not necessarily corrections. It's more just like a hey, by the way, just so, so you oh, know, perfect. you know, yeah. Um, so this listener was a former Desnet, um, and they were on a 
on a Mormonism Live episode 106. Um, and so they listened to the episode and then they said, um, he's, well, before they listened, they said, um, the Desnet stuff, including the name, goes back further than the Wikipedia article says, which is what I had referenced before at the beginning of the episode. He's This person says it was in web forums before Twitter, and they're not sure who created it. So it's pretty... It has a life even before, like uh, even that um, Smith Logan guy. Logan Smith, yeah. Yeah. Logan oh, Smith, and yeah. so even like because we, we got those in those details from that. It was Wikipedia article. and then the Daily Beast. Daily Beast, that's what it was. Yeah. Um, the scariest part is if the church were really true, the Desnats were easily able to justify themselves. Um, so then they listened and said it was a great podcast. Most of the guys on Twitter now are second gen Desnats. Um, and he said, they say this, these guys are immature and so weak <laughs> and simultaneously more toxic and evil compared to how we were. There's a lot I'm ashamed of. Um, and then I just thank them for listening. And also, uh, like, um, most of the available info out there is limited because it's outsider stuff. I didn't, and he, this person didn't, uh, didn't even get to cover all of it on the Mormonism Live, it's a podcast. Um, it's episode 106. If you're interested in listening to that episode, um, I just don't want to. And on behalf of those who saw the light and left and learned to be better, I'm sorry for everything I said when I was Mormon, particularly to the LGBTQ crowd. I never really said anything racist, but the homophobia the church raised me with is one of the biggest, one of my biggest regrets. So I thought that was just a. Oh, thanks for reaching out. That's yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Thank you to that listener for reaching out and giving us more details. I, yeah, I didn't, I didn't know anything about it. Everything you told me was basically brand new. So to learn that it's even older is scary. Yeah. Um, and it doesn't surprise me simply because like there were a lot of, um, I remember going onto like forums and stuff, but the internet's still pretty young, and that was like in the young days of the internet. So it's you know I I honestly thought it was a new movement also. So that was news to me. Yeah, and I think it always goes back to what we've always said in previous. We've probably beat this dead horse, but how there's such a gray area in the church with per, like personal revelation and how they can. So many people that do these extreme things can always, like, it's, well, I had personal revelation. They always fall back on that. And that's mm-hmm. such a scary, because you can't fight with that. Right. You know? So, yeah. It's, anyways, that's crazy. That's even more scary than it was before. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, I went off the planet. Anyway. <laughs> it's hot and there's dumb people <laughs> it's hot and there's meanies out there <laughs> just love each other um also this is announcements by the way our special morning announcements for listeners and we didn't this is our opening program what is it the opening exercise opening exercises yeah not what katie and sarah not so molly Mormon yeah. always say do you have any yeah. opening exercises <laughs> kills yeah. me every time I'm like oh no <laughs> it hurts um so the salt lake tribune 
did an article about the LDS church suing um, Cody, Wyoming over plans for a new temple. And I'm just, I don't know. It goes into it, but there was like this, the board voted three to one to, pr- to approve with one abstention. And then, um, then the, sh- oh, let's see, the, the board chairman, Carson Raleigh, then ruled that the motion had failed because it had not been supported by a majority of all seven board members, including the two who did not attend the meeting. And so then the church argued in a lawsuit filed on Monday, which would have been last, whatever. Anyway, uh, uh, that won't matter anyway by the time you guys hear this. So, <laughs> um, but it's in Cody, Wyoming, and they've got like the pro- – they have a picture of like the – it's a beautiful like plot of land that they're going to plan to build on. But um, And people are – it's a contra- it has a controversial 77-foot steeple which will be illuminated late into the evening and has drawn more opposition than any other aspect of the project. So it's mostly because of the steeple and they don't want it to like clutter their, their view of like, of that there's like beautiful mountain range behind. So, which is completely fair. Mm, yeah. And also they've got, um, see the area where the church plans to build the temple is zoned residential and structures cannot exceed a height of 30 feet. The temple building would be 25 to 26 feet tall. The addition of the 77-foot steeple would take that to more than 100 feet. Yeah. Why do yeah, you need a steeple that tall anyway? Yeah. And why don't you just change the plans to whatever? Yeah, why don't they build a mini temple or whatever? I I don't understand suing the town because that's how like local government works. Something's presented and they can vote on it, but more details can be brought mm-hmm. and like that's that you can't sue uh, whatever. Yeah. I just I don't understand. I don't understand it at all. Right? <laughs> just choose another spot. Like yeah. why the reason that they build so many temples is for tax purposes. So why do they care where it is? Just pick another place. Just throw a dart at a map and find another spot. Like, it doesn't yeah. make sense to me to be so, well, we're going to take them to court. Oh, they certainly okay. have the money to do that, you know? Like, yeah. Ugh. And Cody, Wyoming doesn't have billions of dollars, I'm sure. I don't know, you know? I've honestly never heard of Cody, Wyoming. So, yeah. yeah it's, a, it's a tiny town. Um, uh. so there's that. Um, also, let's see, uh, Irene's Entropy, who's been on the show a couple times, um, she will be coming. She and her band will be continuing their, they've been doing their, uh, testimony tour, but I just wanted to like put this out there that the, um, they're going to be in Rigby, Idaho, um, which is my stomping grounds and they, and I will be there also, but um, it's going to be part of the, like a private show uh, tickets. Like the, if you want tickets, the link is on her Instagram page or her website, um, which is irenesentropy.com. And then, or I might, I might put one on our Instagram too, but I put it on our story before, but anyway, that's, and there, I think, ten dollars and it's also a potluck so it's it's not a bad deal if you're if you're in the area then and you want to like participate and hear the the music and meet some new people then that's that's where it'll be oh it'll be august 19th 
I'm so jealous. I want to come so bad. <laughs> <laughs> Family vacation to Idaho <laughs> and hang out with Jake. <laughs> I I will sit and listen to her music on my stereo. I'll I'll support in that way. <laughs> yeah, but if anybody's interested in going, definitely. She's incredible. She's so incredible. I love her music. Like it comes on and I just like stop what I'm doing and just like bask in it. (laughs) It's incredible. (laughs) So definitely go check her out and hang out with Jake. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, there's going to be coffee there. And uh, yeah. Anyway, I feel like that's it. Unfortunately, that's the end of our open air exercises. Now we get to talk about. (laughs) um, Yes. The symphony of the female sexual response. (laughs) (laughs) Part one. (laughs) Part one. What's that? My basement's going through a tunnel. I can't hear you. Bye. (laughs) Um, This is continuing our dive. I can't do it. Anyway. We're dive into um and they were not ashamed by dr laura m brotherson (laughs) i broke dusty already (laughs) there's gonna be a lot of my mic being muted in this one because i just keep cackling (laughs) (sighs) all right so uh first off she starts with another little anecdote um, Janie wanted to know if it was okay for her husband to manually stimulate her clitoris during sex. <laughs> so many words out of your mouth that I don't like. <laughs> you know, I, I had to find a numb spot in my brain to even say that one. Um, Okay, we're children, it's fine. Yeah, she was concerned that they were doing something inappropriate. I asked if she knew the physiological purpose of the clitoris. She didn't. Am I saying that right? Clitoris, it sounds weird. (laughs) It sounds weird that you're saying it. Yes, you're saying it. I would recommend not playing a drinking game because clitoris is going to be said several (laughs) times in this episode. I'm dying. (laughs) Uh, I told her the clitoris has no other purpose than for pleasure. I asked if she believed God created our bodies. She said she did. I reminded her of the scriptures affirming that our bodies were created in God's likeness. (laughs) And that God declared that he had created to be very good. Janie had been married for over seven years, yet she did not understand the full function and response of the sex organs, nor God's approval of the righteous use within marriage. Can we just like the the <laughs> that statement alone? Janie had been married for seven years and didn't understand sex. Like that is so hitting the nail on the head. <laughs> like <laughs> your face. <laughs> just so many. <laughs> for children, we're so and I love it. Um, but that's how that's how it is. Like I remember. I, yeah. <laughs> I can't, I, like you don't even understand the mechanics of it because nobody talks to you about it like you yeah. get like your health class when you're like 13 and that's it that's like parents are like yeah you're good now like yeah you oh. totally know all the things about all the, oh, all yeah. the things all the things <sighs> um 
All right. The ultimate sexual experience occurs when sexual fulfillment is harmoniously created and shared by both husband and wife. Though the sexual response varies from person to person and from male to female, attaining feelings of sexual pleasure, emotional and physical buildup, and complete sexual release is like a marital symphony. Uh, typically for men, the creation of, quote, sexual music <laughs> might be likened to pressing play on a CD player. <laughs> Dusty's dying. But for women, sexual music is more like that of an instrument that must be tuned, warmed up, and played masterfully as in a symphony of sexual interludes. The female body is capable of extraordinary sexual ecstasy. The body is our greatest earthly instrument. Uh, so she also says the goal of this chapter is greater understanding the symphonic process or phases of the sexual response and how you must master sensual music uh, created within yourself as well as understand and appreciate how sexual fulfillment occurs for your spouse well, spouse <laughs> uh, and then while well, this chapter focuses on sexual technique <laughs> and human sexual response particularly our women techniques alone will not ensure sexual fulfillment Dr. Wheat, a Christian physician, and his wife, Gay, stated, Mastery of physical techniques is only part of the answer. A couple cannot separate sex from the rest of the marriage. Everything that happens in the marriage has its effect on the lovemaking experience. <laughs> the lovemaking experience. <laughs> so, what do, you, do you think she uh, hit the nail on the head of the, ah! the CD versus the symphony? <laughs> You know, they just have to hit play, and then the guys are ready to go, which she's not wrong there. I don't know. I mean, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> it needs to be warmed up and tuned. I'm, I Send to me. I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the end of the podcast episode. Thank you very much. Thanks for joining uh, it. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, okay. And so she goes into sex education being needed, as we were talking about, like and she, how she mentioned yeah. Janie didn't know what I. Well, and then with that, like it, within the church, like not just like the secular side of it, like of like you mentioned learning about it in health class or whatever. Like all I remember from was fifth grade learning, getting a puberty talk, and then in seventh grade getting like. This is sex, but this is also all the STIs you can get. <laughs> yeah, like, like the fear. Ah, yeah. Fun. Yeah. And, and I then, remember there was like really Mormon. I mean, we we're all Mormon in my school, but there was like the really, really Mormon ones. They their parents pulled them out of like the sex ed part of school uh, health class. Oh, of course. So. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but then, like within the church too, they don't talk about that, and they don't promote parents teaching teaching Mm -mm. about it either and that's a huge problem but then and maybe it's i don't know i think case by case there might be some parents that take it upon themselves to do that but it's not in inherent within the churches like hey let's talk about sex with your children (laughs) there's there's no there's no discussion like i didn't know anything about like puberty until it came up in school there was no discussion of like hey your body's changing 
this is what's going on. It was a complete blind side of like, wait, what? I, <laughs> what's going to happen to me? Every, every month for, for, okay, great. Kill me. <laughs> like, like I had no, no, no. And I remember the video playing and it was like, boys' voices will start to deepen and lower. Girls might get more m- melodic and curvier. And I'm like, what? What is happening? (laughs) What is happening? (laughs) What's with all the metaphors for women being like, "Ah, yeah, and there was like an undertone of like this girl, like, la, 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 la. (laughs) I was like, crawling through the forest. (laughs) Of course, of course. I I just remember sitting in that classroom being like, what? (laughs) (laughs) All right. Baby, so. (laughs) (laughs) They're going to come out of what? What? (laughs) <laughs> also, uh, uh, women generally have a significant sexual learning curve once they enter marriage whereas men have a head start on their sexual awareness due to the external nature of their sexual organs oh, I hate all this alright why are we doing this to ourselves um, sexual <laughs> you picked it <laughs> <laughs> alright well uh, sorry, something happened with my computer. I'm going to have to edit that out now. That's fun. Um, let's see. If couples have, oh, let's see. Sexual fulfillment for women is a learned physiological response requiring time, experience, communication, and information about the body and the sexual response. If couples have sexual difficulties, often their solution is to back away and avoid straightforward efforts to learn about and resolve their issues. While patience and understanding are critical and should be a part of overcoming sexual concerns, it is also important to dedicate specific time and effort to sexual learning. Hey, you want to do some? Well, Learn it's it. Thursday at 7.30, so that means it's time for us to educate ourselves. <laughs> uh, she says that couples must understand female and female anatomy, physiology, and the stages of the sexual response. Uh, though lovemaking is a natural process, what comes naturally and will not ultimately satisfy both husband and wife sexually. Additional education is needed. If you do what comes naturally in lovemaking, almost every time you will be wrong. I don't. What? I think that's that's comments Ed Wheat, Doctor Wheat. If you do what comes naturally, isn't? But it what? Yeah, I don't. Okay. <sighs> I don't know. Maybe if we don't fill women's heads with the fact that sex is evil and your body is a sin, just incarnate, and then suddenly throw them into the bedroom and tell them they have to be like sex kittens, maybe maybe that might yeah. help. Because it's a lot of mental shit. Yeah. Uh, so referring to Dr. Wheat's comment, Christian Pastor, this I'm just... This kind of answers what you were talking about. Uh, Christian pastor Tim LaHaye and his wife Beverly went on to say, in reality, Dr. Wheat was cautioning his male audience that each natural or self-satisfying step in gaining sexual gratification for a man would probably probably be incompatible with his wife's needs. For that reason, a couple must seriously study the subject just prior to marriage. And then after their marriage, they can begin their practice to learn the most satisfying techniques. I remember uh, it's just there's one thing about like growing up in like a high demand religion where it's like, like you said, like women are treated t- 
told that sex is evil, sex is evil, sex is evil. You're just a sex kitten. You're just tempting men and you're sinful and your body is um, just a huge temptation. And um, and then all of a sudden, like, and you have, like, bachelorette parties, Mormon bachelorette parties that are just, like, awkward because don't, I don't know. And So awkward. So awkward. <laughs> and then uh, the... What was I trying to, um, I don't know where I was going with that, but, and then like you get married and then uh, that night is suddenly okay. Like, it's like, oh, but they don't yeah. talk. You're so busy, like making these whirlwind wedding plans. When are you going to take, have the time to be like, Hey, this is how we're going to like, let's talk about sex now. Yeah. <laughs> and the, they also have world, like those short engagements that are like, Oh, three months. Most of that's spent with planning your wedding. You don't have time to talk about no, sex. Exactly. And you're not supposed to because you're that's a temptation. If you start talking about it, then you're gonna want to act on it. Yeah. Like it's such a that those months before getting married are so you know, there's so much pressure and people are looking at you and why didn't you go to the temple? And like that sort of situation is so damaging because mm-hmm everybody's telling you, you're going to screw up, you're going to screw up, you're going to screw up. Because once you get engaged, that's when Satan's like, more yeah, going to tempt you more. You. Yeah. Yeah. He doesn't exactly. want you to go to the temple. <laughs> yeah. So, and then suddenly that's just gone and you're just supposed to perform and you're mm-hmm. like, oh, okay. And you have no idea because nobody's ever told you what sex is supposed to feel like, what sex is supposed to look like, how it, like nobody talks about it because if you talk oh. about it, then it's a temptation. Like, I think this book really does hit a very important, I mean, we make fun of it and we're laughing over it, but there is a need for something like this in the LDS culture for a lot of women who have no idea that it's even supposed to be enjoyable for them. Right. And I think we've mentioned that before when we've done our little um, deep dives into this book, but like is that she has really great intentions. And I think for her audience, it's been, it's very, um, like you said, it's meaningful for them. And it's, at least they have something, you know, and this is something that they can always turn to. And, um, but then it's, there's also still some shame around even having this book. Like, um, I think, did I mention, did I mention finding it <laughs> in my, mm, um, yeah, yeah, where you I've, found it, yeah, yeah, it was hidden, um, yeah. I and it's usually hidden away because it's like it's still there's still like this this um sex uh, is dirty, stigma. yeah, the mm-hmm. stigma that oh even though we're parents and we've obviously had sex and we've had we have children um we can't like just be like open about like hey we have this book that helps helps us um be more sexually aware of how how things are working and have that connection. And there's even um, a lot of LDS people tend to only equate sex with having children. mm -hmm. And so if you're just, if you're just having fun, but you're not trying to have a baby, like that's, that's a stigma there too. Like, well, what are you doing? You're supposed to multiply and replenish the earth. So there's a lot of layers of shame around Mm -hmm. sex in the culture. Uh, okay, so she's got three considerations. Uh, the following information provides important context to better understand the symphony of the sexual response. I can't get over the symphony thing, but um, 
I guess I, I mean I can get into it because it's like um, harmonious, you know, and like mm-hmm. sex is harmonious when it's good, you know. It, it's uh, a good. It's it's one of the better metaphors, honestly, yeah. that I've heard. <laughs> uh, she says, first consideration: sex is a decision. For men, sex is more of a reaction. I I don't I don't necessarily love the like stereotyping of the men mm-hmm. side of this because there are men who actually do need the emotional connection mm-hmm. to even have arousal. So uh, <laughs> yeah. And I get that her her main audience are women, which is uh, we've discussed that and especially probably for this chapter, but like come on. Can you see a like (laughs) Mormon Chad reading this chapter to like learn and educate himself? (laughs) Like I can't, but maybe that's me being judgmental, but I just don't see like the typical Mormon dude being like, how can I make sure my wife is like, he doesn't, he doesn't give a shit. He really doesn't. Make sure that symphony is working. (laughs) I've pressed play on the CD player. Now, how do I tune my, (laughs) (laughs) How do I tune that violin? Um, for women, sex is more of a decision, uh, which is true. Like I, I get that because women do have to take more into consideration because there's more at stake for them. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Uh, men's bodies can become sexually ready even, tell me more, nah. <laughs> even when their intellect tells them no. <laughs> uh, women must mentally agree to sex before their bodies can begin to respond sexually. That is why consent is so important. Yes. Uh, They often need to be turned on before they feel sexual desire, and in order to do this, they must be willing to engage in the experience, having faith that their feelings will follow. Making a conscious decision to engage in sex permits the female mind and body to begin the natural unfolding of the sexual response. (laughs) Both of us made a face during that. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, oh, and then she, the next consideration is natural unfolding. <laughs> I hate that phrase. I That's hate it so much. In this context. <laughs> While the hope is that husband and wife will both regularly experience orgasm, it is important to keep in mind that the sexual response should be a natural unfolding, even a divine unfolding. Um, I can't. Okay, couples... <laughs> <laughs> couples should force nothing pretend nothing judge nothing require nothing and have nothing to prove no expectation sex is the best sex she's not wrong i'm sorry <laughs> what wait what no 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 wait no expectation sex is is the best sex no if i'm gonna have sex i'm expecting to have an orgasm uh, Mm-hmm. That's my expectation. Or what? Are we <laughs> like, uh, mm-mm, mm-mm. I wonder if she's because she's saying couples should force nothing, pretend nothing, judge nothing, require nothing, and have nothing to prove. So the expectation, like having no expectations of like judgment, is maybe what she's kind of getting at. I hope, but I feel like she's saying if it doesn't divinely unfold, then it's fine. Ugh. Like. That's what I'm getting from it. And I'm like, oh, no, no, no. We will both be leaving happy or this transaction does not occur. (laughs) (laughs) 
the focus should be on simply enjoying every touch, every kiss, and every caress, basking in the sexual energy you are sharing. Ugh. Anyway. <sighs> All right. Sex provi- provides the greatest emotional and physical harmony when a relaxed approach is taken. Planning to just enjoy each other no matter what happens removes the pleasure-killing performance pr- pressure. Relax uh- and fun what i <laughs> see it's 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 setting women up to i didn't but because we were just in the moment and it was just mm. loving each other it's setting that up that it's okay if you don't enjoy yourself that's i don't like that uh, yeah. i don't like that that's gross uh bring laughter and playfulness to your sexual interactions <laughs> <laughs> let go of any pressure to perform it is more likely you will knock the stars of the sky if you simply relax and enjoy than if you set up incredible expectations it's it's not an incredible oh my god it or is not an expert incredible expectation it's no a... <laughs> it's, it's not and it shouldn't be like a okay it's it's fine like you should not set that precedence in your I mean, oh, we all have a bad day. We have a lot on our minds. We have, but it should still, both partners should want to come away from the experience satisfied. Yeah. And if that means that like other things need to take place, then there should be a zero judgment zone of the husband being like, all right, now how can we resolve this? Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And to And to put it into women's minds that, fine it's a divine it just it's fine don't expect it like that I find that very unfair and very dangerous to just get into that mindset of like I'm not really here for anything but showing appreciation and love to my husband and I don't really matter it's more Mm -hmm. of that Mm -hmm. it's more of that and I don't like it I am you're right on some would say spot on the, <laughs> the nail on spot. the head. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're going to love this little paragraph. <laughs> Husbands shouldn't go after the clitoris, the G-spot, or her orgasm like they would a touchdown. <laughs> what? <laughs> if, <laughs> if a wife feels like a bystander as her husband rushes on to victory... <laughs> It is likely she will not find sex very satisfying, nor will there be many mutual touchdowns. <laughs> I I think she's got a, what? <laughs> she's got some wires crossed there. Yeah, yeah. Like, yes, please, please go for that touchdown, please. Well, she maybe she, like don't just like. Get in there and, uh, you know, like, (laughs) (laughs) touchdown, you know, like. No, I I fully, I fully (laughs) suggest trying for multiple touchdowns before Uh, you finish the game. That's my opinion. (laughs) (laughs) But whatever. What do I know? (laughs) Uh, I've only been happily married for 10 years. It's fine. (laughs) Dusty just said she gets satisfied. <laughs> like I said, both parties leave happy or the transaction does not happen. 
<laughs> Find uh, you a husband who understands that, and you will be a happy woman. <laughs> or or man. Or man. <laughs> Whichever. <laughs> uh, sex without expectations may be difficult. Some may unconsciously write, must achieve orgasm on their mental to-do list. The likelihood of sexual fulfillment increases with an attitude of letting go instead of achieving. Sexual fulfillment is not achieved simply by <laughs> exerting willpower. Learning to let go is addressed in the warm-up preparation phase discussed in later in the chapter. Oh, yeah. Uh, the third consideration is uh, focus on self. <laughs> mm-hmm. A little vibrator action. <laughs> oh. <laughs> That's oh, not God. what she's getting at, but you know. <laughs> no, of course she's not. No. Um, not a divine unfolding if you're using a. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. Uh, women are taught to be selfless and giving. This may be especially true when it comes to sex, where they may have a hard time receiving or allowing okay, allowing themselves to selfishly enjoy physical pleasure. Husbands need to be aware that wives may be more concerned about his pleasure than her own. That's because it's ingrained in you that you're only there for men's attention. Uh, so their needs always come above your own. Uh don't know if you... Yep. <laughs> <laughs> uh, husbands need to be aware that wives may be more concerned about his pleasure than her own. This can result in a diminished response from her and reduces his enjoyment as well. <laughs> no, he's still going to get off. It's fine. Chad like, doesn't care. Yeah. No, no, he doesn't care. Uh, wives must be willing to receive during lovemaking if they want to give the great... Oh, I don't like... The, okay. Let me reread that. Wives must be willing to receive during lovemaking if they want to give the greatest pleasure to their husbands. <laughs> I love how she's trying to, like, make a really beautiful like, spiritual experience from, like, just, like, physical things that happen during an orgasm. Like... Yeah. Also, uh, like... I feel like she's contradicting herself a lot in yeah. like, um, oh, you need to have pleasure, but like, um, also his needs are important, and you know, like maybe it's okay that you're used to that. It's okay because yeah. you know, uh, while sex is about giving and receiving love and pleasure, it is also about taking turns being self-focused. Selfishness is generally identified as a negative attribute. But to achieve sexual fulfillment, there must be a healthy degree of being centered on the self, centered on our own pleasure and sensations. I feel sick. Anyway, being self-focused sexually can help women achieve orgasm. Okay. Which is also a great turn on for most husbands. Speaking to women, Dr. Wheat said, stated, <laughs> stated, stated, said, said, the concentration... <laughs> Uh, words are hard, it's fine. The concentration must be on your own feelings, your own sensations, your own desires as you move with them and let them take you where they will. As you learn to respond by concentrating on your sensations, you are learning to please your husband. You cannot imagine how devastating and go ahead. <laughs> I'm I just it's that it's that wordage verbiage, wordage of 
pleasing your husband. Like the only reason you're worrying about your self is because it's pleasurable for your husband. Like it's just yeah. that it's just it's I, still you're just another you're uh, just a sex object, object to him. Yeah. Like at the end of the day, it's, it's all about him. focusing on your husband. Yeah. You may yeah. be focusing on yourself, but you're but actually turning because him Because it makes it better for your better husband. Him. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Disgusting. I like it. Uh, you cannot imagine how devastating an indifferent response is to a man who tries time after time to arouse his wife with lovemaking. I hate that word so much. <laughs> I don't know. Also, I mean, you... angry sex is pretty good, too, but whatever. Absolutely. <laughs> I do not deny that um the the little digression what so have you ever like phrases for um for fucking like when it okay so there's this why doesn't she just say fucking um because it's a church book but okay so there's boning have you ever heard (laughs) I yes. don't. I have a friend that says that all the time, and I was just like, just say like fuck, like just say, yeah. just say it. I fucked him. Oh, they boned. Oh, <laughs> they boned. Oh, it feels like the '90s, you know. And then, and also, it just makes me think of a dick, you know, which is fine. I'm okay it's with fine. that. But also, it's just like that's the only imagery, you know, like it's a man and a woman there. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. um, what else, what else? Shagging. What else is there? Shag. Doing it. Doing it. <laughs> Let's get it on. Um, <laughs> I'm going to do this little because oh, I can edit this phrases for love making. <laughs> Doing it, getting laid, funny business, making funny. <laughs> Oh my goodness! Oh, this Shenanigans. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we got the classics. Like I said, doing it, getting laid, funny business, making love, hanky panky, tapping ass, shaking sheets. Uh, I don't know who who would say this, but amorous congress. Oh. <laughs> I'm gonna start using that one. <laughs> hey, you want to have some amorous congress with me? <laughs> and then on Grinder, they're like, uh, "What the fuck are you talking about?" I'm like, "What's wrong with you?" <laughs> just, they just like <laughs> block, delete, <laughs> <laughs> uh, jumping bones, knocking boots, one-word wonders, shagging, screwing, nailing, boning, banging, dawdling, dawdling, boinking, boink, <laughs> <laughs> yensing. Trombone. No, this is more of that mm-hmm. symphony's tromboning. <laughs> Stooping. <laughs> I've heard that one a lot, actually. Oh man. <laughs> uh, food related. Baking oh, the no. potato. Why would you do that to a potato? Why would you say that? Involve them in your Mm-mm. buttering a biscuit. <laughs> I mean, that's not wrong. Blazing, blazing a donut. <laughs> um, putting the bread in the oven. Getting one's kettle mended. The fuck? Horizontal refreshment. <laughs> that puts a whole other meaning to what's that? Um, the mink, min, mixing. No, what's that? Mingle. The sing. The you know the how like mingle, mingle. Like yeah. the 
munch and mingle or something like that. That um, you know, that oh, sounds no. bad too. But you know how like you, in like singles wards you would have like a mingle. Yeah, I think it's called munch and mingle. Is it? And now it's dirty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> I don't know, like bam, bam in the ham. <laughs> Planting the parsnip? <laughs> Planting the parsnip. Who says this stuff? Sending out for sushi? Amazing. <laughs> Tossing a hot dog down the hallway. That's bad. That's bad. <laughs> I've heard that, <laughs> like, some, like, after having a baby. <laughs> like, and also, it's, like, meaning that the woman's ran through. Like, that she's, yeah. Which is... Which, just I got, don't... I, like, I, that's very uh, sexist. Yeah, and also, also that doesn't happen. Very uh, misunderstanding of the female anatomy. Yeah. <laughs> Chad. Yeah. Uh, Chad. <laughs> no offense to any listeners named Chad. We love yeah, you. Yeah, that's right. We still love you. Uh, having your corn ground. Groping for trout in a peculiar river. <laughs> Bringing an al dente noodle to the spaghetti house. <laughs> what? Doing squat thrusts in the cucumber patch. <laughs> uh, here's some what the fuck ones, I guess. This is I I was what the fuck on all of those before, but bedroom rodeo, basket making, doing the devil's dance, the three step maneuver, <laughs> three step maneuver, <laughs> hot yoga. But that's not what that means. <laughs> wow. Uh, wow. Parallel parking, which makes me <laughs> think of the docking. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> they also left out soaking in this, but uh, that's not sex. Well, soaking's not sex, yeah. Sure. Same. Yeah. There's no thrusting. Yeah. <laughs> that's, the, that's the key element is thrusting. You must have, have the thrust. The thrust. Uh... <laughs> Rolling in the hay, which I love. Okay, so have you ever seen Young Frankenstein? It's Frankenstein! Have you ever seen that? Oh, my no. God. Oh, okay. Something I... Yeah, all right. So it's a, it's a spoof on Frankenstein, and it's done by Mel Brooks. And there's this one part where um, he's talking... The main guy, Dr. Frankenstein, is talking to... I think her name's Helga or something. She's like this beautiful blonde, dumb blonde, stereotypical... You know, you know how Me, that is. I got it. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, Dusty. No, <laughs> and it's like they're in this like um, hay cart thing, and she's like, she says, "You want to have a roll in the hay?" And he said, "Uh, yeah." She's like, "Roll, roll, roll in the hay," <laughs> and she literally just rolls around in it. <laughs> You're like, no, honey, that's not what that means. Uh, wedding the willy, matrimonial polka, bumping uglies. Yeah, I've heard bumping uglies a lot. Chesterfield rugby. (laughs) 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 Dancing the goat's jig. Two person, I know, two person push ups. There's the thrust, I guess. <laughs> Going hills to Jesus. 
because your heels are up in the air towards heaven. Dying. Oh my word. Putting the wand in the chamber of secrets. (laughs) (laughs) That one wins. That one wins. (laughs) Seeing a man about a dog. Taking old one eye to the optometrist. (laughs) (laughs) I thought taking. Going to see a man about a horse was going. The bathroom, yeah. yeah. I guess it's a dog. That's weird. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so there was that digression. I don't know why I went on that, but I just wanted to not stop. I wanted, wanted to not talk about this. And... We just needed our comedic <laughs> break for a minute. Yeah. <laughs> um. Let's see. So, women, it's okay to focus on your own pleasure. You have permission to see that your sexual needs are met as well as your husband's. In this context, sexual selfishness is not selfishness at all, because the greatest gift wives can give their husbands is to be sexually satisfied. <laughs> it's giving Stepford wives. Like, it's giving, like, yeah, you know. Uh, yeah. It's giving, like, <laughs> make sure you scream like a porn star. Yeah, even if he's, like, yeah. not even in the right hole, you know? <laughs> yeah. Or something, yeah. Whatever he's, you know. Yeah. Or have you seen that? There's this thing going around where this guy was like confessing on Twitter about how he um, was having sex with his girlfriend in the car or something, and he wasn't even in, like he was under in between her butt and the car seat, <laughs> and he thought he was inside her. <laughs> anyway, that's amazing. Four phases are frequently identified regarding the human sexual response. They generally follow some variation of one, desire, two, excitement, arousal, plateau, foreplay, three, intercourse, orgasm, climax, and four, recovery, resolution, afterglow. Recovery and resolution. Oh my god, I hate this so much. To more accurately reflect the sexual response of women and to place needed emphasis, I've added a phase. Phase one. Warm-up, preparation, and have also reversed the order of two phases, arousal before desire. So her description is, one, warm-up, two, foreplay, three, desire, four, orgasm, and five, afterglow. (laughs) (laughs) Dusty's face has been my favorite throughout this whole thing. (laughs) I'm just holding my dog. Only you could see it. Crying. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so she does go into each of those phases. We, you know, we can, I'm not going to read all of that, but like, we'll just touch on each of them. Typical man. I know. Um, <laughs> uh, phase one, warm up preparation. <laughs> I'm just not in the mood is a frequent response to sexual advances in marriage. Since men are like light switches and just ready to go. And women are like slow warming irons. I hate her. Why are we just household appliances? Also, like, um, also, women are allowed to be sexual beasts too. Like, they can be. I know some really horny women. Like, Mm -hmm. they can. They are, and they're ready to go. Mm -hmm. Ready to go. Like, they're just Mm -hmm. like, "Mm, yep, let's do it. Yep, let's do it. Uh, it is understandable that the warm-up phase is often overlooked or completely ignored, particularly by men. Because of their physiology, for the most part, men are in a constant state of sexual readiness. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
totally for sure They're just walking around with dicks that are hard all the time like what the all fuck? the time all, all the time, time. Mm-hmm. yep yep and there's no such thing as erectile dysfunction there's no such thing as men getting too tired or stressed so they can't function yeah no. and it's it's so dangerous to say that because yeah then men have like issues because they're like well what's wrong with me if i'm not ready to go all the time like you're stressed hun like yeah. have and a drink okay. sit down you're fine just yeah. breathe through it it's it, I, it's so it's so dangerous to put it that you have to be able to be because that's not true that's not true no uh for the most part, men are in a constant session. Uh, women are not. Men may wish they could skip this nonsense of a warm-up phase and get to the good part. But their wives need preparation before they can get to the good part. Also, this feels very like, I'm a, uh, your little housewife that needs to just be like ready to be bent over at any time of, you know, like, the man's always ready to go. So if he wants to go, you got to be ready. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's very... um. I don't know. I was going to say, sorry. Very good. Uh, as couples learn how women prepare mentally and physically for lovemaking with talk, touch, and time, the three T's, they are empowered to create the mood rather than waiting for the mood. Uh, waiting for that magical mood to strike will no longer be necessary. But, okay, this is what I was going to say. Like, in a healthy, normal relationship, I feel like it's not, I don't know what I'm trying to say. Like this whole idea of like, oh, the man's in need, he just wants to skip the nonsense and he just wants to get down to business. That's not true. Yeah. In the majority a- of sexual relationships I've been in, we don't need to discuss how many. <laughs> that's not the case. Right. Like I have been with partners who are very much aware of the they want to make it an environment of of mm-hmm. how like I, I don't know if I'm saying this correctly. <laughs> without uh, um, what you're saying is that like it, this, she's not capturing the nuances of like relationships and how it, and it's probably hard to do that within a book like this. But like probably there are books that do that. But yeah. like I think in her framework, she's like she's very old fashioned. Yeah, and she's very. Um, Men are very carnal and physical, and they're ready to go, and it's like, boom, they're ready. Like, they don't it's, need much stimulation, It's which making is them true. sound like grunty little, like, Neanderthals. Yeah. When, if you look at an actual man, okay, we'll take my amazing husband, for example. He will waltz in the door. He will grab a kid. He will grab a kid. He will take them up to bath time. He'll feed a dog. Like, he, he in his brain knows i love my wife i want to to have <laughs> i want to knock boots or whatever <laughs> Raise he knows he's intelligent <laughs> enough to understand that i have a lot on my plate yeah. and so he is not just like walking in the door running to like bang He's yeah. walking in the door with the knowledge of, like, my wife has been home all day. She has a lot going on. If I help her, there's a better chance of her relaxing and having an evening with me. 
Mm-hmm. And I feel like this is detrimental to, like, we're just letting men get off scot-free that they, oh, they're just ready to go. They're not going to, they just want to skip. No, hold your men to a higher standard. They can be intelligent beings who can understand and who can learn, hey, I've been home with screaming kids all day. You got to step in and help me if you want to boink. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, okay. there's my rant for the day. I, love I it. just <laughs> I think she's just she's just adding to the stereotypical of me man, me want sex. Like Yeah. Ah. Yeah, and like you said she's letting men get get off scot free. Absolutely. Like, I can't help it. I, I don't want to come in and help with the, I'm just, I'm ready to go right now. You need to catch up. Like, ah. Okay, so she does get into how husbands can help prepare for the warm-up phase, and one of those is sharing household responsibilities. Oh, um, so she, yeah, I guess maybe she's getting into that. But the um, husbands play a pivotal, pivotal part in providing their wife's sexual warm-up and preparation time by sharing household responsibilities. With endless household demands on women's time and attention, a husband's active participation in the home makes it easier for his wife to decide to engage in sexual relations. So she, I mean. Okay, okay. She no, I, it. I, I take it back. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, Laura. Sorry. Sorry, Laura. But also, I wanted to note that I was like, I was curious if she was still like doing, like if she was still like in the this sphere of. Yeah. And she's still doing, she still does like, um, what are those called? Not conventions, but she does like, um, like conferences and stuff. Conferences and, and fireside, I'm sure. Yeah. yeah. And it's all about this still. And she hasn't, this book has not been updated though no. in how long, like the 90s. Like, let's yeah. just, let me look that up early 2000s, uh, 2004. Yeah. So to add on to my updated. rant, a man shouldn't come into the house helping with the household chores with the expectation of sex. He should come into the house to help with chores because he's a fucking adult and he lives there and it's his kids and it's his house too oh yeah and he's a partner in your relationship and yeah like the whole idea should not be centered around sex no. it should be around hey we're in this together and we're going to do what we can yeah. to provide for our family and then we can look at other like that's not the priority yeah exactly i like that um but like you said, she says this assistance can see ease a wife's load, <laughs> load and free uh-huh. her to relax and engage in some of the warm-up activities suggested. Be- oh, she gives some suggestions below. Uh, all right. So, and he also said she's, the other part is to woo your wife. Romantic gestures such as roses and candlelight dinners can be important to a wife, but a husband's understanding that foreplay occurs throughout the day is even more vital. The wooing, courting, and emotional intimacy men are willing to share help provide an atmosphere conducive to thrilling, intimate relations. And that goes into, like, I don't know, I think of, like, love languages. And, like, you've mentioned mm-hmm. how, like, your husband is about gift giving mm-hmm. and, like, that kind of stuff. And then... Um, and recognizing how that is an important piece of how he shows his love. Yeah. And that's, um, and you allow him to do that, which I'm in a rough life. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I know. I leads such a horrible, terrible life. I know. <laughs> but it is important to understand how they express their love and how they want to receive their love, even for like a, a man who's supposedly some caveman who just wants to fuck all the time. But yeah, which my husband needs like words of affirmation. Like he needs to be told like 
you are a good person, you are doing a good job, you are a good father. Like those things are very important to him. And those are things that you're not going to learn unless you have a conversation with your partner and talk about like what makes you happy. I feel like so much of like the confusion and the frustration in relationships could be solved with a bottle of wine and a conversation. Yeah, <laughs> like, absolutely. Uh. Uh, so she gives, let's see, these are like um, <laughs> ways to get it oil the machine is that what you said that one time <laughs> put gas in the tank yeah, put gas. <laughs> uh first step is to prepare the environment preparing the environment for romance and relaxation is instrumental in creating a sexually fulfilling experience suggest not, lotion not to smooth his skin offer to apply it reducing any discomfort or distraction from his caresses Freshly brushed teeth rinsed with mouthwash can also reduce sexual reservations and increase intimate enjoyment. His willingness to please you can be great foreplay. <laughs> uh, step two, relax. Uh, interestingly enough, most men use sex for de-stressing, whereas most women have to be relaxed before engaging. Uh, yeah, which is... I mean, <laughs> I'm I glad I'm gay true. because I don't have to. <laughs> <laughs> You're I like, mean, this just establishes why I'm not interested in women yeah. at all. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to be putting no gas in no tank. So prepare mentally to get in the mood and to transition into lovemaking mode. Ugh. Clear your mind of everything but the lovemaking experience. Michelle Weiner I'm hoping it's Weiner not Weiner Michelle <laughs> Weiner Davis author of the sex starved marriage calls this clearing out the mental clutter and then four connect emotionally through pillow talk and positive flooding and positive flooding is another excellent emotional connector uh, it is wonderful beginning to any sexual encounter husband or wife takes turns in expressing the following Imagine doing this before you have sex. Share at least five positive statements about your spouse's body. Acknowledge at least five positive characteristics in your spouse. Complete the statement, I love it when you, identifying at least five positive behaviors your spouse does. I love it when you eat me out. <laughs> <laughs> Say I love you with all the genuine feeling you can muster. I'm sorry. We have two children. This is not happening. We got limited time. <laughs> uh, step five is give female sexual arousal a head start. Head. <laughs> uh, some couples have the mistaken perception that once a man is aroused, they need to move right into intercourse. To remove this perception, couples may need to experiment with multiple cycles and male arousal to gain experience and confidence that his arousal can subside and reoccur several times during lovemaking. What, how much time do these people have? I mean, yeah. good for you if you can, you know, yeah. multiple whatever. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Stimulation of the clitoris is the key to the feminine sexual response. In the beginning, as couples are both learning it, may take up to an hour of direct and or indirect stimulation of the clitoris to reach orgasm. A husband should wait until his sweetheart is very near climax and gives her go-ahead before he penetrates. I mean, okay, sure. 
Ooh, Kegel exercises. Contracting or t- tightening the pubococcus PC muscle? The P- I've only ever heard them called the PC muscles, so. It's like a weird pubo pubococcus. Pubococcus, maybe? There's no X in there. I don't know. We're very um, you know, super professional. Super professional. Uh, Tim and Beverly LaHaye in their book LaHaye in the Act of Marriage have a chapter entitled "The Key to Feminine Response," which is an excellent and thorough explanation of this PC muscle and the benefits of strengthening it. <laughs> um, phase two is foreplay and arousal. Um, we won't, every person has erogenous areas on their body that when touched or stimulated, increase sexual arousal. Is erogenous? Erogenous? What did I say? Erogenous. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I just got stuck for a minute. I was like, wait, what? Erogenous. erogenous. <laughs> That's what I meant. <laughs> Amazing. Is the opportunity and responsibility of husband and wife to embark on a lifelong treasure hunt to learn and develop each other's sexual hotspots. The search for these sacred areas may take an excitingly long time. Maybe that's why in biblical times, newlywed husbands were released from all military responsibilities for a whole year, presumably so couples could get to know each other and learn how to become one flesh. Oh, I hate that so much. Uh, all right. Let's see. Women who are... Oh, let's see. Oh, there's a whole section on the clitoris. Um, oh, great. Women who are unaware of their sexual anatomy and the pleasurable purpose of the clitoris may be missing out on an exquisite in sexual enjoyment. Like Janie from the beginning, who was unsure if it was okay for her husband to manually stimulate her clitoris, otherwise still under the influence of the good girl syndrome, or through sexual ignorance, may have similar questions and reservations that keep them from enjoying sexual fulfillment in marriage. But again, we know God created our bodies in his image, in the image of his own body, female and female, male and female created, created he them and blessed them. Remember, the clitoris has no other known function than creating pleasure. <laughs> God apparently made it that way and called it a blessing. In his it's own a- image. So God's a God. woman. <laughs> or he's... God, um, everything? I don't understand. Uh, um, what is it, hermaphrodite? There you go. Uh... This lack of knowledge regarding the clitoris is not limited to young women. Oh, you think? Dr. Rommel W. McElprang described the conditioning that leads grown women, even mothers, to be unaware of this important pleasurable part of the body. Boys and girls are taught not to touch themselves and are sometimes told that their genitals are undesirable or nasty. This may be especially true for girls who, unlike boys, have no legitimate reason to regularly touch or view their genitalia. Girls may grow to womanhood without learning what their genitals look like or even the proper names of their sexual organs. Mm -hmm. An example of this was related to me by the nurse of a young, acutely disabled woman I was counseling. As the nurse began to teach this woman... And her mother how to insert a catheter into the bladder that the mother asked about the little mound of tissue that was her daughter's clitoris. When the nurse offered an explanation, this mother of five adults expressed surprise, having always assumed that the clitoris was inside the vagina. 
That's really sad. It's really sad. Also, um, you've seen you've seen Fried Green Tomatoes. Remember, like she goes to that like female empowerment thing and she they yes with the mirrors. Gotta look at their. (laughs) (laughs) That was like a big thing, like in the eighties. I feel like yeah. Yeah, eighties, nineties, probably yeah. Yeah. Um, as the center of feminine sexual response, stimulation of the clitoris is critical to sexual fulfillment. Tim and Beverly LaHaye stated the reluctance of many loving partners to incorporate clitoral stimulation as a nece- necessary and necessary and meaningful part necessary. Sorry. <laughs> uh, meaningful part of this foreplay has probably cheated more women out of the exciting experience of orgasmic fulfillment than any other thing. All right. Since okay, they got. Uh, Christian professor Dr. Herbert J. Miles agreed. He stated, since the clitoris is the arousal... Oh my god, I'm tripping over words right now. Since the clitoris... It's too much clitoris. (laughs) For this gay man. It's too much. (laughs) Since the clitoris is the arousal trigger of the wife, and since the penis does not contact the clitoris in normal intercourse, marriage counselors recommend what is called direct stimulation. That is, the husband, in the process of love play, before intercourse, starts... (laughs) <laughs> will gently stimulate all the erotic zones of his wife's body and finally her clitoris. He will continue stimulation of the clitoris for whatever time it takes until he is certain she is fully aroused sexually and ready for intercourse. There's nothing wrong with this procedure. A couple must do the right thing at the right time and the right attitude for full arousal and complete love harmony. It is normal in the love play. Uh, stop calling it that. An arousal period for a couple to touch and handle each other's sexual organs. This is a pleasant and meaningful part of love expression. It was planned this way by the creator. Um, was that? Mm-hmm. I'm surprised there's not a lot of talk about petting. I hate that. <laughs> too, but like, Heavy petting. <laughs> I'd rather them call it love play than petting. I think that's you know, whatever. That's a good point, yeah. So then there's this whole thing about the G-spot, the Grafenberg area. In the 19... 19- <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> that sounds so sexy. Oh, yes, got my Grafenberg area. <laughs> In the 1950s, a German obstetrician and gynecologist by the name of Ernest Grafenberg, a man, of course, discovered an erotic zone inside the vagina that was particularly sensitive to sexual stimulation, which is okay, good for you, dude. Uh, this area has become known as the G spot, though it is more of an area than an exact spot. When stimulated during arousal, it swells in size and is reported to create a different quality and greater intensity of orgasm than that which emanates. I can't believe we're doing this right now. Which emanates from clitoral stimulation. One woman described the feeling of a G-spot orgasm as an orgasm times ten. There has been some debate about the G-spot. For some, it may, can be difficult to find, as the size <laughs> location of the G-spot vary from woman to woman. For others, it may be dormant and require much direct stimulation to arouse any response. Still, others find it no more erogenous, I said it right that time, than any other area of the vagina. Almost the vagina isn't necess- my God. Ne- necessarily sensitive to stimulation. The raised area of tissue in the vagina, known as the G-spot, is believed to have a higher concentration of nerve endings. This is very this is very technical. Yeah. Uh communicating increased arousal 
uh, with yeah, that she goes further into the G spot, but <laughs> but I'm we don't have to talk about that. <laughs> Uh, women can also teach without words as they guide their husband's hands or moan their approval. Clearly, <laughs> pleasing caresses or activities. <laughs> uh, as a wife concentrates on her physical feelings, she should learn to communicate her level of sexual assignment to her husband with looks, touches, and sometimes loving words. So yeah, you gotta moan for him. <laughs> uh, you may prefer to discuss this later at another time and place, telling your husband that when he did such and such, you really liked it, or when he did something else, it wasn't as arousing. You are the foremost sexual teacher for your spouse. Can you imagine? I mean, yeah, have those conversations, but like, I feel like these would be really awkward for Mormons. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Especially if they had to go out and like purchase this book because their bishop told them to. Mm-hmm. Uh, the transcendent state of arousal. The state of arousal is a magical state of being. It represents a mental and psychological letting go of earthly cares and slipping into the sexual sphere where uninhibited pleasurable sensations reign. Arousal commands your full attention. (laughs) (laughs) You will feel no desire to discuss the day's events or schedule your week with your husband while in the state of sexual arousal. <laughs> it is an altered state, different from anything you regularly experience in day-to-day life, with a solid understanding of the godly purposes and sanctity of sexual relations. Arousal becomes a magical, uninhibited, never-never land. Okay. Uh, some of the physical indicators of arousal. Oh no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're going, going there. Going through a tunnel. Bye. <laughs> Increasingly rapid breathing, (laughs) Uh, skin that becomes warm and sensitive to the touch, wetness or lubrication of the vagina, (laughs) or swelling of the outer lips, labia majora, flared inner lips, labia minora, and erect nipples. (laughs) (laughs) It's all true, but it's so awkward to talk about with you. The arousal phase is a unique state of being. What might seem embarrassing or out of character in a regular state may seem desirable, even pleasurable and enjoyable during the state of sexual arousal. So it's like that, you know, those memes where it's like um, (laughs) when you're you're watching porn and you're like all excited and you get aroused, and then after you're like, oh, no, just yeah. kidding. Was I watching? Kinda... Turn it off. <laughs> yeah, no, no, yeah, yeah. Go on. Go on. Go on. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> Ew, what are you doing? What are you doing there? Ew, stop it. If the pizza man loves the babysitter, why is he spanking her? <laughs> <laughs> Another appeal of the state of sexual arousal is that any of your perceived flaws and imperfections are hardly overlooked by your husband during arousal. They should be overlooked on a Tuesday afternoon, just saying. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> In this state, to him, you are the most beautiful creature ever created. Should be all the time, like you said. It is wise for husbands to reinforce this concept by willingly, genuinely, and generously communicating their adoration for you and your body. Uh, sure, yeah. yeah. But also on a Tuesday would be nice, too. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's Tuesday, in it? Tuesday! <laughs> 
<laughs> the her- the harmonious symphony of the sexual response is evident through the warm-up preparation phase as well as the, as the foreplay arousal stage. And then she talks about how the next chapter is the symphony continues because we were that was only part one. Oh, uh, Lord. The phases of desire and orgasm, climax intercourse, and ends with afterglow, like a beautiful sunset on a warm summer night. Is her book sponsored by, like, Gatorade? I feel like there's a lot <laughs> a lot of work. <laughs> oh my god! So that's we'll, we'll we could we could do the the second part of it some other time, but not that's too much. No, no I need a drink. It is um it is eleven thirty <laughs> in the afternoon. And I am going to go have a beer with lunch because holy, <laughs> like Walter's now snoring. Sorry if you can hear that. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it's so cute. You're such a silly puppy. Started off the episode with attacking me, and now he's snoring on me. So, <laughs> well, right. that was uh, highly educational. Yeah. Now, you can <sighs> feel like you. I don't know. I, have I, a really great life because all these things I didn't have to read from a really awkward book. I just was in my twenties <laughs> and had some fun. Yeah. So. I wonder. <laughs> uh, I just I don't even. I I can't. I just I don't know what. Uh, I don't think there's any more that needs to be said about what just happened. So. Listeners, I hope you enjoyed that because uh, we did. <laughs> it was the best time ever. <laughs> I don't know why I chose that topic to do. I I don't know. I don't. I mean, and thank you. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> to be fair, <laughs> it is something that needs to be talked about, but it's also just like she's very off base on a lot of stuff like we talked about. So, yeah, like you said, she has good intentions and I think she genuinely wants to help people have enjoyment. I think it's just coming from, an, like you said, an old fashioned way of thinking and problematic in certain aspects. But I think she genuinely genuinely does want women to enjoy their sexual encounters with their spouses. Yeah. Even if it's, um, even if it means that it's, um, I I just can't get over the idea that like, she's talking about like housewives that are like with their little apron and they're just like very 1950s, you know, Mm -hmm. and just like you get the meal prepared for the husband. And yes, he comes back, comes home and she did recognize like doing household chores, but like that should just be a given. It shouldn't Mm -hmm. just be like, there shouldn't be like the end goal of sex in mind. And it should just be like, yes, those are things that it's just being in a cooperative, cooperative relationship of just yeah. like given, you know, you're going to your wife, you come home, your wife is having she's had a long day with the kids. Yeah, you got to do something, you know, like, yeah, like Pat will come home and see a child covered in spaghetti sauce and he will grab such child and put them in the tub with bubbles and toys and make a big you know, game out of it all. That's yeah. not because he's like, oh, now I'm going to get sex. That's because his child that he helped create and bring into this world mm-hmm. is covered in tomato sauce. <laughs> like, yeah. it just, it's just, yeah, it's reaffirming those like gender boxes. Yeah, the gender mm-hmm. norms and, and the fact that like, 
And it's, it's, yeah, it's giving men this reign to be like, well, I'm only going to do it if I'm going to get sex out of it, you know, which is not, no, you should do it because you're an adult who lives here and you helped make these children. Yeah, absolutely. And it's not even touching on women in the workforce who have stressful jobs and, you know, women can be doctors too and have a lot of stress and long hours. It's not even touching on the fact that they might be coming home after a 24 hour shift mm-hmm. and are tired. And like, it's, it's so, it's so pigeonholed into like a specific demographic. Yeah, absolutely. So anyways, <laughs> but it's a good yeah. conversation to have and hopefully yeah. somebody out there is like, Hey, that was helpful in some way. Or that made me laugh so hard that I had to do Kegels to keep from peeing. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and also if you know how to actually accurately, I guess I can look it up. But accurate. I don't want to, I don't want to Google that. How the no, the PC muscle. PC muscle. Don't want to Google it. So. I remember learning about it in anatomy, but it's such, yeah, it's like a, it's such a weird word. It's just easier to, like, everybody knows what you're talking about when you talk about PC muscles, so. Um, also, I think it's very important, regardless of what she, it is a good thing that she's even having this conversation about women's orgasms that just is not talked about, especially in the Mormon church. Like, yeah. they don't even, women aren't supposed to experience pleasure with sex. And yeah. they, and knowing your anatomy, knowing what, that it's okay to have those um, desires and those feelings is that is something that she is bringing out that's a good thing mm-hmm. but I don't like a lot of how she's saying men are just like light switches and yeah. have to be like worked up all the time which that's not always the case like we've touched on but anyway yeah, yeah. but it's a good starting point at least something is out there for them and yeah I just wish it wasn't such a a shameful thing to have hidden in your home or to feel like you have to hide that you've purchased it. It just, it needs to be a more open conversation, but I mean, baby steps.